How's it going, y'all? I hope you're well. My name is Yael Sante, and this is She's Soul. When I met today's guest, I was in New York for a gig, and when she walked in the room, her joyous personality literally took over the atmosphere. She is a singer, songwriter, and three-time cancer survivor. She's soul. She is Bianca Muniz. Welcome to the show. Hello. You just made me smile so hard with that intro. <laughs> Everyone says the intros are pretty, uh, pretty good, so... I'm pretty proud. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, of course, of course. We are going to get straight into it, uh, starting with your upbringing and background in music. Like, When did music come into your life? When did you fall in love with it? So to be completely honest, it started while I was in my mom's womb. Mm. My dad used to play classical music and hold it to her belly. Um, and then my mom was a singer. My grandpa was a singer, her father. So I've really been singing my entire life. There was a point mm-hmm. I was told, I don't remember this, but in the car growing up, I could hardly speak, but I would just be belting out these songs. But every time someone else would start singing, I would yell at them. I'd say, no, it's my <laughs> turn. Only I can sing. And it has to be the same song over and over. We can't listen to anything else. It was only that one song. Mm-hmm. Um, so really my whole life. And then as soon as I was allowed to be in choir in first or second grade, I joined the choir. Then sixth grade, I joined the musicals. Then I begged my mom for voice lessons and finally got voice lessons in high school and mm-hmm. – Then I went to music college. It's just, it's never been anything else for me. I always knew it was music. And I actually didn't Mm. even start writing my own music until college. But my entire life, I knew I would be writing music. I just couldn't yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So very early, like, this is your thing. This is true to who you are. Absolutely. You could see that in your music for sure. And we're going to get, we're going to get into more of that later as well. And I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, your family being musicians. Cause I didn't know that your dad was, but I did know that your yeah. mom is. My, my dad's not, but he oh, he's loves not. music. Okay. He loves music. He actually, he introduced me to classical. I used to sing classical mm. music. He introduced me to jazz. I went to college for jazz, you know, he had such a huge impact on my musical tastes from literally in my mom's stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my mom brought in the hip hop and the disco and the Mm R&B. So like a very eclectic, Mm -hmm. um, you know, genre. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a a whole array of things. That is so awesome. So I'm glad to hear how much your family just like influenced your musicianship and I'm going to bring up Jackie really quick, your sister, yeah. aka Jackson. <laughs> She's also extremely incredible. I can't wait to have her on this podcast one day. But I bring her up because you and your sister grew up in the same household and around the same type of music. But I find it so interesting to see how two people can grow up in the same place but be so musically different because you guys have yeah. totally different styles and tones, but your voices yeah. blend together so well. I, I find that so interesting as well. I just... So I leaned into the classical and musical theater world in mm-hmm. middle school and high school. And she really leaned into the R&B and the funk and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we went to the same um, program in high school, outside of our high schools. It's called Lagan Music. So amazing. They really helped, you know, my musicianship mm-hmm. and my performance. I, I had terrible stage fright. I still do, but they really helped mm. me with that. But 
when she finally went, they created this program that like really they were touring together and doing funk Mm. music and just all of this amazing stuff. And then, yeah. And then I went to jazz school at new school and she went to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So, but then when we come together, our voices blend so well and we each bring our different backgrounds of music together to create Mm -hmm. this really beautiful blend. I, Mm -hmm. she's my favorite person to perform with in the world. I love her. I love her music and Yeah, it it really is so interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Uh, I stand both you and your sister. I stand. (laughs) For sure. And so I want to get a little bit more specific because I know you mentioned genres that both your mom and your um, dad listened to and that you just heard around the household. But were there any specific artists that your parents like played on repeat that really influenced your voice? Um. Oh my God! There's so many. Mm. Um, Sade. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God! Alicia Keys, Mariah Carey, Christina mm. Aguilera's Christmas album specifically. <laughs> like as soon as November hits, my mom is playing Christina and Mariah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um. Definitely all of those. Um. Basha, I believe mm-hmm. that's her name. Basha. Um. Yeah, and then with my dad, um, a lot of Billie Holiday, yeah, um, Ella Fitzgerald. I learned one of her scats and just ugh, obsessed, obsessed yeah. with her. Um, but then on my own, I discovered mm. Radiohead and <laughs> yeah, a band called Tokyo Hotel. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I was really into rock at one point. Uh-huh. Um, Yeah. And then in college is when I found all of my, it's interesting. I didn't really find all my singer songwritery artists Mm -hmm. until college. Mm. Um, yeah, I listened to a lot of like rock and classical and musical theater stuff. And then Mm -hmm. college is when I feel like I fully settled into my tastes. Wow. But that's so crazy because it's been with you for so long, but it's like something about college was a very, it seems to be quite a turning point within your musicianship and like what you listen to. And um, the fact that you started writing then as well, like I'm going to ask a ton of questions about that uh, later (laughs) on too. (laughs) But for you, I'm so glad that you mentioned like bands that you started to listen to, like when you developed your own taste in music. Um, and the fact that you mentioned rock, because I listened to your entire discography and I can't, <laughs> I, I, I cannot remember the name of this song specifically, but there's scary dreams. Yes. <laughs> that I, was a very jazz Rocky P. That was the first was. music I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. I was so heavily influenced by everyone I was around at jazz school and mm-hmm. just, yeah, that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. And I remember you performed, I, I believe. So I, I feel yep. like it was the song that your mom requested when we did that New York gig. Yep. Uh-huh. She always requested. That is her jam. Oh, we stand. is. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And what would you say your earliest memory with music is? Oh, my God. That's such a hard question. Mm. Um. I mean, my memory is super terrible because of chemo brain, but I remember the first choir I was in, um, in, I believe it was second grade or maybe third. Um, but I started as a soprano 
Mm-hmm. And then the teacher said, I need someone to be an alto. We're a little imbalanced for this song. And I immediately volunteered. I was like, yes, I want to learn another part. I was just so mm-hmm. infatuated with how all of these different notes and voices blended together. I just, I love harmonies so mm-hmm. much. Like I will have a choir on my album release. I love mm. harmonies. And I think that may be my earliest musical memory. Um, Yeah, just wanting to learn more, wanting to learn a new part and see how my voice fits into that range. Yeah, that is so cool. And I love that you mentioned harmonies as well because you blend them so well. I specifically remember when I met your sister in college I, I complimented her. I was like, your ear is so good. Like you can hear like every single harmony. And she was like, yeah, you know, my sister used to be like, get the notes right. And, like, <laughs> and then she kind of learned from you. And I see that in your music and in your performances because you always have the BGVs. And yeah. also in your most recent single, it is layered. Thank so, you, <laughs> I love it. Oh, I oh love it so much. I love oh. it when she tells that story because sometimes she's really just so honest about how I used to be <laughs> about it. Cause we'd be harmonizing in the car and then all of a sudden she'd take my note. I'm like, find your own harmony. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So when you were a kid from you being like, no one else can sing at the same time as me, it just continued later on with that yeah. is my note. To get your own, get your own harmony. This right. one is mine. I own it. Like literally <laughs> harmonizing to commercials on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. <laughs> so we're gonna get more into um, instrumentation here now because I've seen yeah. that guitar is a consistent instrument Ooh. when that you perform with, but also write with on your socials. Like you always have one. Yeah, And so I wanted to know, when did you pick up the guitar and why this instrument over others? (laughs) So I actually first started with piano. Mm -hmm. I remember in fifth grade, my mom started us on piano lessons, or I was in fifth grade. My sisters were younger, but I did not want piano lessons. And I really (laughs) regret that now. I wish I had tried. It was only a few months, but I wanted guitar lessons (laughs) so Mm -hmm. badly that like, I just wouldn't practice piano. And I, Mm. yeah. I regret that so much. But then in college, I had to learn new songs for my vocal performance class, but I didn't know anyone. So I couldn't ask anyone to come help me like learn this new song that I couldn't find instrumental versions of. So I took the real book and I just started banging out the chords. I'm like, okay, I know theory. Like I can, I can Mm -hmm. figure this out. I'm like just choppy chords. But eventually that's how I started writing Mm -hmm. on piano. And then a few years ago, COVID really throws off my timeline, but I, it was during my breast cancer diagnosis and I was, I didn't have a job. I wasn't in school. I was really, really freaking bored all the time, just being at home recovering because I had to quit my jobs. I was just too tired. Um, Mm -hmm. I picked up the guitar and I started teaching myself and I was hearing chords and songs and sounds in my head and I would just play and play and play until I could figure it out. Like I mm. learned guitar by writing songs mm. and um, I'm actually working on recording vocals for one of the first songs I wrote. Um, but yeah, As You Are is the second song I ever wrote and that's mm-hmm. how I learned finger picking. I heard it mm-hmm. in my head. I'm like, I have to figure this out. And I would spend 
hours, just obsessive, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to play these songs that I needed to play. Like for myself, I needed to get this out. And I don't know, just I have a different connection with the guitar than I do the piano. Like I can feel the vibrations of the guitar and the music like in my body, like Mm -hmm. I am holding it. And that's just such a different experience from the piano. And then I especially love picking. I hate strumming, but with picking, I can be basically create like alternate melodic lines that dance off of my vocal melodies. And I, it's like another voice basically. And Mm -hmm. I love that so much about the guitar. And I also Mm -hmm. love that I could just hug it. (laughs) I can just hug it. If I'm sad, hug my guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. It's very much um, an extension of, of who you are for sure. And you could see that when you're performing, like you and that guitar really become just like one. There's something very ethereal about it. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> look at her, look at her go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Of course. So along with playing the, the guitar and being a singer, we have to mention, of course, that you are a songwriter. We've talked about it a little bit so far, but I want to, um, and we're going to get specific about some certain tracks as well. Yeah. But when did songwriting like begin for you? Actually, I think you already mentioned that it began in college. So a better question is, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it that sparked it? Like during that specific time of your life, like was it sparked by something, or kind of yeah. was it? Do you think it was always there? So technically, my first song was this really terrible song I wrote with just my voice in high school. Mm. I didn't realize, but looking back, I I kind of have always struggled a little bit with depression and anxiety. It just got worse mm-hmm. with my cancer diagnosis. But yeah, I remember this song. It's so bad. I'm not going to sing it. I don't really remember it. But like it's about <laughs> feeling like I'm drowning and like mm. I need help. So that's the first song I recently remembered that I actually kind of wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in college, I was going through a breakup. I was commuting from home. So I had so many hours between my classes my freshman mm-hmm. year. And I couldn't go all the way back home an hour away to Sleepy Hall and then come back later from my class. So I would just spend mm-hmm. hours in the practice room. And yeah, this one um, breakup was really tough. And that's when I wrote, I think Alone might have been the first one, um, which is on that first EP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really angry. It, w- it was a very toxic relationship, a very bad breakup. But yeah, that is definitely what spurred that one. And then also just having so much time on my hands, which relates back to how I learned the guitar. I had so mm-hmm. much time on my hands. However... My writing, my writing's always been about my life. Like scary dreams is about dreams I have. Like that's a real song. Those are mm. real things that happened in my dreams. Wow. But then when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it completely changed my songwriting. Yes, mm-hmm. my music had been about my life before, but it really became like sort of a lifeline for me when I was diagnosed mm-hmm. and a way to get the darker parts of my mind out that I didn't even necessarily know were there. Like the first song I wrote after I was diagnosed was called Take Me Away. And basically mm-hmm. it's about the dark part of my mind um, with this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until after I wrote it. Because the way I write, I don't really think about what I'm doing or saying. Mm-hmm. I just kind of freestyle. I press record and I just go. And then I analyzed it later and picked it apart and put it back together. And then Jax was actually the one that, was like, hey, 
do you realize what you just wrote about? Like you just wrote about your cancer diagnosis and mm-hmm. that was – that blew my mind. I had no idea. I just wasn't paying attention. So it's very much a form of therapy for me now, mm-hmm. music therapy. And then like As You Are, that mm-hmm. was the second song I wrote on guitar and that was spurred after a conversation with someone that I care about and – Basically, I was just feeling very insecure and like struggling with loving myself and my body again and feeling judged from other people. And just that song brought Mm -hmm. me back to myself. And some people think it's a love song for someone else, but it's actually a love song for myself. Mm -hmm. Like saying, as long as you love yourself, that's all that matters. Love Mm -hmm. is always here within you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, writing has definitely become like a lifeline for me wow. more so than it ever was before. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like bringing it all in. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. And we're going to now talk a little bit more about your cancer um, experience because you battled ovarian cancer at 11, yeah. breast cancer at 22, and most recently beat lung cancer. <laughs> Oh my god! So wild! What a ride! So wild! I love the fact that as I'm saying it, you're like giggling about like you're like, yeah, I did that. I no, did every that. time I hear it out loud, I'm like, wow, that's crazy! Like, mm-hmm. who is that? Who did? Mm-hmm. It's me. Wow, I did that. that's right. That is so right. And like, you've gone through chemo twice, and you even had lung surgery to remove the cancer that was there. Which I I can't. Oh God, Bianca, I don't know how. You are just so resilient and so strong. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I understand that you have a certain type of mutation that's caused these experiences with cancer. And I just wanted to know if you could explain that mutation for anybody else that may be listening to this who also has that. Absolutely. So the mutation I have is called TP53, otherwise known as Lee-Framini syndrome. And basically, it means that my tumor-suppressing gene is broken and that my body just likes creating any type of cancer and not only related to the reproductive system, which I finally saw in this most recent diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out about it after my breast cancer diagnosis because at that point, I had been diagnosed twice at a very young age. So Mm -hmm. that's when I finally had genetic testing done. And Yeah, it basically, I'm a part of a study now. I get annual full body MRIs and I I just have to stay diligent, which Mm -hmm. is how I found my lung cancer. Um, I'm actually very lucky because it didn't even show up on the full body MRI. Um, A clot, a mysterious blood clot that has since disappeared showed up on that MRI last year and we went looking for the blood clot. And that's Mm. how we found the tumor on my lung because we couldn't see it. So divine intervention sent me on this goose chase for this thing that I'm sure it was never actually there. And that Mm -hmm. led me to this tiny tumor that we were able to find early, take out early, avoid chemo and radiation, because usually people find out about lung cancer when it's too late, when there are Mm -hmm. already physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful and Mm -hmm. so lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a story. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know, there there is somebody out there looking out for you 
There really is. <laughs> I can't even describe. Like I'm I'm blown away, absolutely blown away, especially at how it was found. Like that's the part that has me like, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When they found it, they couldn't tell whether or not it was cancer. So they asked me if they wanted if I wanted them to leave it in, we'll just do a biopsy, keep an eye on it. I was like, no, take it out. My body mm-hmm. likes making cancer, as we can see, so I'm not going to take any chances. Take mm-hmm. it out, and we'll know when it's out, whether or not mm-hmm. it's cancer. And it was. So wow. know your oh own body. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> know your own body. Trust your gut because you yeah. know better than anybody else for sure. Yep. Ugh. And so you're involved in um, several communities that support women who are in their journey with cancer. For example, yeah. the Breasties is one of them, which I yes. follow. <laughs> and I feel like um, when you're battling cancer, anybody, it's an easy place to fall into sadness and into mm-hmm. anger. Yet I noticed maybe you experienced that at one point, but what I see is that you really like dive into being an advocate for not only your mutation, but just the experience in general and have been so positive and, and grateful for life. Like, where do you find the courage and strength to do this? Because I feel like that has to be difficult some days. There were definitely days where it was difficult, but then I remember number one, everything in life is temporary. Mm. Even happiness is temporary. Yes. But then I also remember, you know, what are my options? Sit here, be depressed, be miserable, like wait until my life is over? That's not living. Mm -mm. And so I decided to just live and not Mm -hmm. wait until my cancer diagnosis was over. I went on multiple tours during treatment and surgeries. I recorded and released an EP. I mm-hmm. recorded a music video with my buzzed head and my swollen body from chemo. Like I did not mm-hmm. wait until mm-hmm. my diagnosis was over to yeah. live my life. And that's what I would tell anyone in any situation that they're in, cancer or not, like find find reasons to live and be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're alive. That's everything. That's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. And I feel like even people um, who are going through other things, not specifically cancer, can also take that same advice that you just offered for sure. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And I want to get a little bit further in before we finish this uh, conversation um, about your cancer experience. I want to get a little bit more specific with the lung cancer because you're you're a singer, you're a songwriter, and you and I mm. both know that the lungs are diaphragm. That's everything for us. That's how oh, we yeah. do this. So I feel like and imagine that you experience a level of fear during your lung cancer diagnosis. Absolutely. And after the surgery, like what was going through your mind in terms of just your voice and your singing during that time period? So I tried to get as much recording done as possible before surgery, knowing that I would be out of commission for a while. But after surgery, I had never experienced so much pain just mm-hmm. existing and breathing. Yeah. And I was using this stupid device that they gave me in the hospital that was not working. And mm-hmm. I just I felt trapped inside my own body, mm-hmm. wondering if I would ever be able to take a full breath ever again, let alone like regardless of singing, like, will I be Mm -hmm. able to take a deep breath ever again in my life? Mm -hmm. 
And that was scary, like just feeling trapped. And then little by little, I started singing again. And I had to completely remap in every song, even my own songs, like where I breathe in this music. Mm. And that was super frustrating, but it taught me the ultimate lesson of patience Mm. and persistence. But then I found this company called The Breather. And it's not only for people who just had surgery or struggle with asthma or other lung issues, but like for singers and for Mm. athletes. So I immediately bought it. And within a week of using it, I was able to take a deep breath and I felt the most relief I have ever felt in my entire life. Wow. I was so happy. And yeah, that's when I knew I was going to be okay. I was going to be able to like build my voice back up to wherever. And if anything, I feel like I have even better control of my voice now because I tried so hard. I was so determined to get back to where I was. I feel like in a way I surpassed it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this has been such a huge lesson for me this year. And Mm -hmm. I recorded the Nothing's the Same vocals after lung surgery, Mm -hmm. which was a whole nother level of patience too because I would be recording by myself for hours the same line over and over again, trying to get the take that I know is there, that I'm hearing Mm -hmm. in my head, but was having trouble executing because I waited until after surgery to finish this gosh darn song. But Mm -hmm. we got there. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember seeing on your social medias and stuff like that, you using that tool and um, talking about your pain and just really like giving all of your followers and listeners an insight to like your process of healing. And it's very interesting to see. um, And even sharing like photos of like your your scars and the band-aids you're wearing, like we got to see the whole like story, which the band-aids were super cute, by the way. Thank you. I coordinated them with my outfit. That's right. That's right. Making it as positive as possible. Like I love that. Even in in, even in the little things and and ways. So that's beautiful. And you. you know, I've noticed through sharing your story, you've had some amazing opportunities that I not only want the listeners yeah. to know about, but I also want to extend a congratulations to you for. Thank you. Like, of course, you were on the cover of the most recent winter issue of Cancer Wellness Magazine. You look beautiful. Yeah, Shout out to Jax for the styling. Come on. Yeah, she killed it. Mm-hmm. And you sing the national anthem at Madison Square Garden after oh lung surgery. That was huge Gosh. for me. That was huge. That was a Tell hard me. song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was a hard song to learn how to sing and remap my breath. And then yeah. I sometimes I dissociate a little bit from my story. And mm-hmm. like it's just – it's been my entire life. So I forget yeah. that that's not normal mm-hmm. for people to have cancer so many times. Mm-hmm. And then the guy was introducing me. And I was like, Bianca Muniz, singer, songwriter, three-time cancer survivor, here to sing the national anthem. And I'm like, What? what (laughs) that really put everything in perspective for me and then I started getting emotional and teary I'm like no not before I sing not before Mm -hmm. I sing you can't because you know that throat tightening that happens when you start getting emotional yeah I had to take a second when I walked onto the ice to calm down take a breath yeah get get back to my center Mm -hmm. and then 
just hearing the crowd cheer and scream, especially on the high notes that I had to belt that I was so nervous about. That Mm. was just the most amazing feeling. And then walking off, I was like, I freaking did that after lung surgery, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I like freaked out. I freaked out. I was so proud of myself. I still can't believe that happened. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I saw your face in the video. I was like, wow, like she's feeling it. She's taking it all in. You could see it for sure. That's awesome. Oh, Thank you. congrats. <laughs> wow. And to continue a few more things that you've done that I want to mention, um, you partnered with Soma Intimates yes. as well. So that's super dope. I saw that you were modeling Thank and everything. You. I was like, oh, Thank Bianca. <laughs> but for me, like the coolest one, because I'm just a big fan of Rihanna, is yes. that you were, yes, you were a part of the Savage X Fenty um, for the Savage, oh, I can't say it, Savage X Thrivers line. Yeah. Wow, you should be so proud of yourself, Bianca, for not I just that one, but everything. I really am. I really am, and I, I, I don't know why I dissociate from these things. I just, I guess, I just can't believe that they've happened. Mm-hmm. And oh, holy crap, yeah, Rihanna, Rihanna, that was just—they <laughs> flew me to LA to do right. a shoot for Rihanna. What? (laughs) What is life? (laughs) Like a bougie hotel and just the whole works. That was just incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) Right. right. I saw the pictures. I was like, look at her. She looks beautiful. (laughs) Oh my God. And then all the other women that were there as well, just shout out to them too, you know, doing their thing and living their life at its best, you know. Absolutely. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would never wish this diagnosis upon anyone, but Mm. I do try to make the most of it. And I am grateful for the opportunities it's brought my way and for the incredible people I've met. And some of my best friends are because of this. Mm. I lost people in my life that I thought would be my friends for life, but clearly they weren't. But I lost them when I was diagnosed. And that is when I met this entire community of incredible people that I could not imagine my life without. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm very grateful. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. All right. So we're going to continue. We're going to get straight into the music. So we're going to start off with (laughs) Nothing Was the Same. This is your most recent single that you released in January of 2022. You also debuted your first music video with this track. Yes. Yes, and on Instagram, you said, um, and as you mentioned even earlier, but you said this, um, actually, no, not for this one. You said this song was written about survivors or survivors' guilt after yeah. losing someone in the cancer community, and that this song was not easy for you to record or release, but in the mm-hmm. end, it helped you heal. So oh God, I, I can't yeah. imagine just in general how hard this was for you, and I want to know where in the process did you find healing? So I wrote this song actually Christmas Eve. Like it was mm. the middle of the night. I stayed up all night. I couldn't sleep. A friend had just passed away. I also felt like I just wasn't being heard. I was questioning the meaning of life and just mm. just everything. And that's how the song was born. Just too much pain that I didn't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so that night was part one of the healing. 
I felt a release after I wrote it. And then I handed it to my friend. I finished the entire thing in one night and I handed it to Michael, my music partner. I was like, here, I like, let's put the song on the album. And then I hardly performed it live. It was too difficult for me to perform live. I would mm. like get really emotional because it was still too fresh. Like, yes, I had healed a little bit writing it, but still so fresh, especially because I'm losing people all the time in the cancer community. It just mm. comes with the territory and it never gets easier. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I tried to record the vocals and I, I just couldn't. I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it happened after lung surgery. Mm-hmm. But having lung cancer, cancer for a third time, it every time I'm diagnosed, it it puts life back into perspective even more than mm-hmm. before. And I was like, life is now. I need to record this. I need to release this. I need to get going. Mm-hmm. And so recording it was another part of the healing and just really getting into the song and the lyrics and the emotion all over again and just being put back in that place. Mm -hmm. And then the music video, as you know, I shaved my head for this video because I wanted to really portray as best as I could how it felt to go through treatment. And Mm -hmm. I wanted that to be a little visual too. Like I wanted people to be able to see it physically rather than just Mm -hmm. hear it with words Mm -hmm. and the song. So the music video is portraying me after surgery, not being able to take care of myself. Jax has always been my caregiver, one of my Mm -hmm. caregivers. And so she was in the music video with me as well. And you see her shaving my head and Mm -hmm. leading up to it. I was like, yes, I'm so excited to shave my head. This is going to be amazing. I'm taking back my life because the first two times I didn't choose to have short hair. It came Mm -hmm. with the territory. It came with the chemo, but this time I'm choosing it. It's going to be empowering. It's going to be amazing. And then it happened and I was like, oh, shoot. Mm. What did I just do? This was years of growth and I kind of had a little bit of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And then the weeks after that, I kept having flashbacks to chemo and cancer and surgeries. And mm. it was really freaky. And I I got scared. But then I started to view it as a choice again mm-hmm. and a haircut. And then I started dyeing it and doing crazy things to it. Mm-hmm. And that's when it came full circle and I felt empowered again and – I really do feel like I like by cutting it, I released a part of the attachment to that time, that phase in my life. And now this new hair is growth that has nothing to do with cancer. It's Mm. just because I cut my hair and dyed it cool colors and am experimenting and just being free and Mm. expressing myself in another way. Cause I've never done anything crazy to my hair before because I kept losing it to cancer. So I wanted it to grow out and stay long. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just going with the flow, doing whatever I feel. And that's that's been healing. Mm. Taking this back for myself. It's mm-hmm. not cancer. It's me now. Mm-hmm. And uh. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love that answer because you put it into a perspective that I've never, ever thought of. And probably wouldn't have thought about because <laughs> I remember when I saw, I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that she's, you know, doing this for her friend and, and, and like making a statement and, and maybe in some aspect you were, but to hear you say like, 
this is a choice for me and I'm taking back so I can say, hey, this, you know, this is just a haircut. But specifically when you just said this new growth isn't because of cancer, but it's just because of the haircut, like I would have never thought about that. (laughs) And I'm so glad to have had you say that here now um, because that's going to put it into perspective for other people. Um, And like, I feel like even after this interview, I'm going to go watch the music video again and it's going (laughs) to feel entirely different. Yeah. Entirely different. So, ah, gosh, I I loved (laughs) that answer. Thank you. You recorded (laughs) the vocals for this track after, after lung surgery. Yeah. Um, From what I saw in your socials in, like we mentioned earlier, the recovery was definitely something challenging, but what was that vocal session like? How did, how did you get through? I deleted it so many times mm. that I was making my musical partner and my freaking audio engineer. Well, I get, I engineered myself technically, but okay. So I have a musical partner and then I have and producer and drummer. And then I have the person, Donnie, who mixes and masters everything. And he actually built yeah. me this microphone. He's super talented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I deleted it so many times. They were both getting pissed at me. And they're like, Bianca, like, let us hear it so we can hear what we're working with. I'm like, no, it's not it. I know I can do better. There was one night. Can I talk about getting high on here? Yeah, of course. (laughs) This is your space. (laughs) Okay. One night in my room, I got so freaking high because I was so upset. I was like, I'm just going to vibe. Like, I'm just going to vibe. Yeah. I recorded so many freaking takes and harmonies. And then on top of that, I vocal comped the entire thing high that night. Oh. And I was like, yes, this is it, guys. I finished the whole song. Mm-hmm. The next day I listened to it, I don't know how, but I was singing in another key. I was like, <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> is this a joke? I'm like, what? Uh-huh. And then Donnie's like, no, 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 no. Like, I can pitch it. It's all good. I'm like, Donnie, you're not going to pitch like over a hundred freaking tracks right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to just let that happen. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I deleted the whole thing again. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I'm not smoking and singing anymore because clearly that doesn't work. Uh-huh. And then that's actually when I bought these headphones and I yeah. got my first pair of speakers. Michael got me a pair of speakers as a present yeah. after that terrible night because they both listened on my headphones and they're like i think your headphones are kind of distorting the track they were super old headphones oh Um, so i felt a little better that it wasn't my ear and then it was the headphones (laughs) (laughs) so then i got these bibbies and i've been Mm -hmm. singing in tune in the right key ever since oh good so (laughs) it was the headphones absolutely the headphones at first i was gonna ask you girl did you eat an edible but I it did. was the headphones. Oh, <laughs> I did eat an edible because I, I I keep saying smoking, but I don't smoke since lung surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been eating edibles, but I automatically just say, and then I smoked. I didn't do that. I had an edible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll never forget yeah. this one. I wasn't. I was on another planet. Truly, uh, yeah, and it wasn't a musical planet. Apparently, <laughs> hey, maybe you needed to be. You know. <laughs> It's all a part of the journey. So hey, got a good laugh the next day, and then That's I, right. I 
I showed my mom, like before I had listened to it, realizing it was in another key. I was so proud. I was like, mom, you have to come hear this. And then I was playing it and my jaw dropped. I was like, this is me. Who is that? I was like, mom, you have to leave. Get out. I like shut off the song. Like, get out. I have to do something. Get out. (laughs) Forget forget what just happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that so, was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the lyrics of this track now. Yeah. Lyrically, you really gave your listeners um, a way of imagining what your grief felt like. Um, and in the song, you say, oh, it's so strange. I'm strange inside. Feel so ashamed to the point that I cry. This is a very, very vulnerable space. So did these words come easy to you? Because I know you said you wrote it literally like that night, but did the words come easy to you or did the grief make the, the grief make the song harder to write? Those words came so easy. They mm. weren't edited. Oh, wow. Like, I'm pretty sure I have a video of the song. So it happened with I put um, a reverb effect on my electric guitar and I was just like, ding, 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 like the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. And I was just going and going and going. And this was one of the only songs where I did not edit the lyrics. Wow. That is just how they came out. And mm-hmm. the song isn't improper. I'm making quotation yeah. marks with my fingers. This song is not a proper musical form. Mm-hmm. It's not like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, back to the ver- like. It's not like that. It's just mm-hmm. like a free flowy kind of song. Yeah, and yeah, the, the words came a little too easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I really like that you mentioned that it's not a typical form because I feel like a lot of times in within our industry, if something's not in a in the standard format, it's not considered like good or whatever. But it's like yeah. I feel like things don't have to be that way to express what they're supposed to express. But yeah, uh, that's honestly something I deal with, uh, struggle with a little bit, like a little imposter syndrome around mm-hmm. that because I feel like most of my songs aren't proper quotation mark yeah. forms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just you know our our artist minds not thinking yeah. we're good enough. <laughs> oh, tell me, I know how you feel. <laughs> But it, the song does feel like um, the words came very easy because of the fact that it's so vulnerable. So I was very curious about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We're going to switch to another track. This one is called As You Are. Definitely one <gasps> my of baby. my favorites. Literally same. <laughs> that song brings me so much joy. Even just Good. hearing the first chord, I just mm. it, it, it's a huge smile on mm-hmm. like in my heart. It's just like a warm hug for me. That song just, it feels like home. That song feels like a home for me to live in. Nice. Wow. You already answered my question because I was going to ask you like, (laughs) what does this song do for you? And I literally was about to mention the first few lines and I'm still going to say them for people that haven't heard it, but the first few lines say, open up, come as you are. This is love. I'm never far. And (laughs) that goes back to what you said about love already being there, like within yourself and so I guess my only question now about this particular song is how did you feel when you finished writing the song? Like literally just lyrically, no production, like nothing. Like right after you were done and put your pen down. I can remember the exact day. I That was also a song that I wrote in one sitting. Ah. And I was sitting outside. It was, I feel like maybe it was October or November or something. And I was sitting with my baby Taylor on the deck, mm. but it was still warm enough to just be in sweats. Oh, it must have been October then. 
And I was just playing. The birds were singing and the wind was blowing through the leaves. And it was just such a peaceful vibe. Mm -hmm. And it just came so easily, that song. And yeah, it just felt so good. Just everything about it, the chords, the the lyrics, the the bouncing of the melody. Like it's a very yeah. bouncy melody and it's just so fun. And I love I still love singing it. I still love listening to it. I love playing it. Everything about that song is just a yes for me. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's good. I can totally tell, especially when you perform that song, because I've seen you perform that one live as well. I will be performing that for the rest of my life. That song will never get old for me. I love that song. That is what I'm talking about. And that song is not only so helpful and like healing for you, but I feel like it is for others as well. I've gotten really beautiful messages from breasties in the community, actually, that Mm. listen to it in their chemo treatments. Wow. On their way to surgery or like coming back from a surgery when, you know, they no longer have nipples and have scars Mm. across their chest and they're trying to love themselves again. And that just means so much to me. And that's, that's all I could ever ask for is that it helps someone in a positive way. Mm. And yeah, it just means the world to me when people share these messages with me and just puts the biggest smile on my face. That's nice. It's healing. Absolutely. (laughs) And I felt that in the atmosphere too, when you performed it, everyone was so honed in and so focused. And I think that's the best part of a song, but also the best part of the audience. Yeah. Um, When a song can do that. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh yes, of course. All righty. So we are towards the end here, but before we finish, I want to know what is up next for you? So we are actually in my little new temporary recording space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am recording a song called Home, actually, that I wrote mm-hmm. here. So I'm in Chester Springs. I just moved here. My mm-hmm. partner lives here. He's Donnie, my mixing and mastering mm-hmm. mastermind. And I wrote this song at his house. And I've always just felt at home here. And mm-hmm. that's what that song was born from. And yeah, I'm recording that one and we're going to be recording a music video, shooting a music video for it sometime in the spring because it's definitely a spring vibe. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just, but besides that song, we're working on an entire album. That's just Mm -hmm. the one I'm focused on right now because I just need to do things in little pieces because when I think of the big picture, it it stresses me out. So I like doing things step by step. But mm-hmm. the goal is for the album to come out in October and do a release show in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Um, but, you know, taking it step by step, if I need to move that deadline, then that's okay because mm-hmm. it's better that this gets done the right way and I feel good about it rather than feeling rushed and stressed because music Absolutely. shouldn't feel stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't. You're right. That's a lesson I've recently learned because my goal, I, I feel you. I'm so glad to hear about the album. We're in the same <laughs> space and I was like, I want to put mine out in July. And I'm like, eh, it's looking like the fall. Yeah, and that's fine, mm-hmm. you know? We're setting our own time. deadlines. If it needs to move, that's okay. Like what – I need to serve the music, you know? Right. I can't serve the music business. I need to serve the music. The mm-hmm. business comes after. Exactly. I know that's right. Ugh. And also I love what you said <laughs> about writing this song home, um, which I can't wait to hear um, at your boyfriend's house because it's very much giving, tell me you're in a healthy relationship without telling me <laughs> you're in a healthy relationship. Oh, wow. Wait, that's going to be the TikTok promo right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, can you plug your social media handle? Well, so on Instagram and TikTok, I'm Bianca Muniz official. On Twitter, which is just, you know, like my diary, <laughs> I'm Bianca Curly, literally in the middle of the night. Hey, Twitter world, I'm hungry. And that's the tweet. That's the tweet. <laughs> period. <laughs> I just had chocolate, period. <laughs> Honestly, it's giving content. So that's what's up. <laughs> it's quality. LOL, quality <laughs> chocolate content. <laughs> awesome. And lastly, I'd like to end the show with four recurring questions that all guests get asked. Ooh. The first one being, what's one thing that people don't know about you that would be unexpected? Oh, no. That's a hard question. <laughs> um, I took golf lessons growing up, and what? I actually have a really great swing. Oh. And also in baseball as well. Like, I can hit a fast ball. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And oh wow, I would have not expected that. And I, I feel like now, um, especially because I know that you lift, that baseball swing is probably so much stronger. <laughs> Literally, in college, when I was stressed out, I used to go to the batting cages just for hours, hit sixty all day, every day. Not softball, baseball. That's that's what I'm talking about. Come on, strength. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What a good answer. All right. Question two, if you were reincarnated, who in music would you come back as? It can be past or present. They can be alive or dead. So really, it could be anyone. Tom York. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I love him. I love Radiohead. I just, yeah. And what they're doing now with, you know, the exhibit and just so freaking cool. I went to their concert um, right before the panini and just Wait, they they what right before the panini yeah the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> yeah but yeah I went to their concert right before this and just it was at MSG and I've oh, never cool. seen such a focused audience because mm-hmm. I keep forgetting why I don't like going to huge concerts and it's because I can never actually hear the freaking music. Everyone's just screaming. And I'm like, guys, hello, we're at a show. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. I want to hear them perform. But they had such a respectful audience that just wanted to experience their music. And then the light show was incredible. And then they honestly reaffirmed my own musicianship because I always – on, on my bad anxiety musical days, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not creating things that are, like, mainstream enough and no one's going to ever vibe with it. But then mm. I went to Radiohead and they were, like, doing solos in the middle of a song for, like, 10 minutes. Right. Did not care. And I was like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is possible to just do you, make yeah. your own music in whatever way that you feel like you need to. And there will be people for you. You just have mm-hmm. to find them. Like Radiohead yeah. found, found me. They found me. I found them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. The people that are for you will absolutely gravitate towards you and your music. And it just works out. Like it, It's a long process, I feel like, for sure. But it's worth the time that it takes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just – this one person I met years ago – Oh, they make me so happy. They just love As You Are so much. And I remember a few months ago before I announced, or 
I guess last year before I announced Nothing's the Same was coming out, Mm -hmm. they commented on an old post of As You Are and they were like, hey, like this is the song I was talking about like years after they first heard it. And I'm like, you guys still like my song? (laughs) And then Nothing's the Same came out and they were tagging their friends and like, she just did the other one. I'm like, oh my God, thank you guys. (laughs) And it was guys too, like not even women. Like not even women or non-binary people. Like it was a straight cis man that was listening to As You Are and like, yes, self-love. Like, yes, thank you. That's good. (laughs) That's so awesome. I would have been like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. It made me so happy. (laughs) Like, yes, I love it. I love it. I mean, it speaks. That's good. All right. The third question, when you retire from music, if you will, or if you ever do, like, what do you imagine you will do? Honestly, my life goal is to buy a house or build a house in the mountains, like in the valley of like two mountains with a a lake. Um, And then my nearest neighbor is miles away. (laughs) I'm just in the mountains by myself, (laughs) like with a garden that I grow all my food with a weed garden too next to it, like Mm -hmm. a cutie little greenhouse with a hammock with my books and my my musical instruments. So I'm just like making music in a greenhouse, Mm -hmm. Um, a hot tub, a sauna, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's a (laughs) And a helicopter pad so I could just fly to the nearest city whenever I need to get my groceries. Yes, it's getting rich. It's giving laid back. It's giving space. <laughs> space. I love that. Cool. <laughs> Speaking and it into existence, I'm going to build my cute little right. mountain house. I know that's right. Manifest that. <laughs> All right. And last question. What kind of legacy do you want your career to leave behind? Hmm. Great and very difficult question. Mm-hmm. Come as you are, honestly. Because I can relate that to every point of my life. Come as you are musically. Come as you are with your physical being, whatever you look like. Come as you are with your inner being, your personality, who you are on the inside. I just, I always come back to that mantra because I have social anxiety, I have stage fright. And sometimes I just be overthinking and I Mm -hmm. need to give myself a pep talk. And I'm like, just come as you are. If these are your people, then great. If they're not, then whatever. You go home and, you know, then Mm -hmm. tomorrow is here, you know. So my legacy, come as you are and live life now. Mm -hmm. Because those kind of come hand in hand, I think. Mm -hmm. Like why why just overthink? We only have this one life. We're all going to die. Like, just do what you want. Come as you are, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. That's very much you. Over, oh, that's so your vibe. That's good, though. I love that. What thank a good you. answer. Awesome. <laughs> well, Bianca, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you for listening to She's Soul. Until next time, much love. Thank you for having me. <laughs>